you can either cry and, and just be miserable and, and depressed in, in what's happened in your life or turn into a positive and keep going and I, that's what we do, you know. I can't say I don't think about it, I, like it's there, you know, what's happened, but I just, yeah, hope that they're really proud of what we're doing. Um, yeah, and I, I do secretly think that they're um, having something a part of, of our success. I'm Teresa Hudson, coordinator of the Community Information Centre. And in today's episode of Brave, I talked to Melanie Grant, who's the owner of the Winton News Agency. Melanie talks to me about the trials and triumphs of owning a small business in a regional town. We also talk about suicide. It's been well documented that suicide is a big problem in small communities. And for Melanie, this hits really close to home. The Community Information Centre recorded this podcast across the lands of the Koa, Wulgarugaba and Bindal people. We would like to pay our respect and acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land. I never understood until I had children the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, and it really does. It, it's great here, you can just help. If you see a mum, you know everybody here and you can see a mum struggling, people will just walk out and say, here, I'll hold the baby while you do this, you know, do the pram or, or whatever else. So that's small town, that's what I love about it. Um, everyone looks after everyone. The Make, village is um, my mantra as well. Like, yeah, some, It takes a village to do anything, like in, even in, with children, but then a village for your community, like even to for a community to accomplish something and to, to get through mm-hmm. things. We've got a really good community here. Everyone seems to help with anything and we're always having something there's always an event there's always well there's morning tea on this morning there's always something that's on and everyone seems to support it and go out of their way which is really really good it's another reason why it's good to live out here yeah and with my shop um if I see someone more than twice the sticky beak I am I'll say oh are you new to the area then that's when I just find that once you see them a few times it's good to say oh well welcome to Winton and um hope to see you around and um I think some people from the city think that's a bit strange because, you know, you bump into someone in the city and you'd say, oh, sorry, and they look at you like a stupid. But out here that's just what we do. You know, you say hello to someone that you've seen more than once and be You know that they're here a bit longer. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you find a shift in people moving out here through um, COVID and pandemic? I'm not really sure if Winton's been impacted from the pandemic, but I do notice on Facebook um, all these people saying, oh, I'm from the coast looking at moving to Longreach, um, what houses are available and stuff. So there is people that are coming out to the west, so that's good. Um, some people must just think that we still use horse and cart and <laughs> like are in the Stone Ages because when they they come in and they'll be, oh, you, you've got internet, you've got this, you've got that. Well, what do you expect? Like do you think that we're really that? We don't get to keep up with the yeah. rest of the society. Like, you know. We, just like Optus, we've noticed. Yeah, and that's always a big, yeah. big thing. The Telstra, yes. Telstra's um, got the monopoly out to, here, and it has to be the correct blue tick phone, otherwise it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I, I just the other week. So uh, me and my partner Dave bought the news agency three years ago, and this lady just the other week, you know, asked a question: Are you local? Have you been here long? Right, right, right. And then she was just baffled. Where do you go to buy things? So we have got two supermarkets. We've got a ladies' clothes shop next door, and then we have a menswear shop that has just about everything. And she just looked at me like I was had three heads or something. 
But what happens if you, you know, what, 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 if you need something, you have to wait. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because shops aren't open here seven days a week. So that's just adjusting. You For you, you know no different because you've yeah, lived that's here right. all your life. Yes, that's what, that's what it does come down to. Like, um, well, with our news agency, we've gone right into a lot of giftware um, and homeware stuff for that whole, you know, idea. If you don't have it, can't sell it. But if people just want to buy something for a birthday that's coming up, um, generally have to give nearly two weeks for postage and stuff. So that was another big goal with our shop is to um, have something on the shelf so people can walk in and go, oh, that's perfect for so-and-so and and, um, buy it. So them little things, you just learn. Um, But, yeah, the variety of food and um, the entertainment sort of thing doesn't bother me too much. Uh, We do have a bit that goes on here. There's always an event. We have a really good – we've got a skate park and a really good football field, um, tennis courts. We've got everything pretty much. Um, just um, like it's great to live here and have your kids grow up here um, but that's the sort of thing that is hard when they get older is the sporting and, you know, your music sort of options are very limited. Um, and then a lot of kids go to boarding school because they've got that well, education but um, there are more options with sporting and – um, you know, your music and all that extra stuff. So I'd say once our kids start getting up a little bit, we'll either look at downsizing and selling up and going or or stay and send them to boarding school. Don't really know. That's Where did you and Dave meet? At the pub. <laughs> As you do in a As you do. Time. And so, yeah, we hit it off at the pub and then um, like about four or five weeks later I found out I was pregnant. Oh, Yes, so along comes Bailey. <laughs> but I don't know where we'd be without each other. Like we've both been hit with the shit stick. Um, so it's been good to have really good support. Like, you know, he has his moments and I have my moments and I think, oh, well, we can both relate to that. Um, so, yeah, it's um, me and Dave. We um, bought the news agency in November 2018. So we gave ourselves a 10-year plan. We wanted to be in the shop for 10 years. Um, Gavin and Joanne, the previous owners, were there for 21 years I don't think I have 21 years in me to be in customer service, but we just thought in 10 years' time we'll look at what we want to do then. But then we're three years into it already. It's gone really fast. And I just think, you know, in 10 years' time, not even 10 years, seven years' time, I don't know whether I would be ready to go. I don't know whether I'd better let like the shops just be, become like another child. We've done extensive renovations, changed a lot of things, and then our latest was a big... Um, extension out the back there was it was essentially three buildings so we knocked down the old back bit and extended and put a new kitchen storeroom and a spare office space with a big path leading to our rustic tin shed which is another evolution of the winter news agency is actually not just a news agency and that's what I've put on a lot of my stuff when you know we're more winter news agency but we're more than just a news agent I think if um, the papers actually did cease which they tried to um back in March, um, I, I don't know whether we'd have to change their name because it's like winter no news and they were cutting us off on the 26th of September um, but now we are paying the freight ourselves whereas before News Corp paid it. So um, which papers do you get? So it's the News Corp ones that um, were affected. We still get the weekly um, Queensland Register, the Country Life and the Land. That's, not, that's um, rural press so that's a different company. Um, so it's the Courier Mail, um, the Daily Telegraph and the Australian is what News Corp print and they let us know in March that as of the 26th of September we were not getting any papers. So, And it's essentially from Dolby 
past Dolby, past Emerald and Charter Stowers, all in this area is where they're not going to deliver the paper because of freight. So we've now all done deals with um, freight companies and we now um, pay the freight ourselves and then we have to put a surcharge on our papers to recover at least the freight. But the papers, um, they're not the mainstream part of our business anymore. Um, but I mainly am putting up with it because I want to be able to service my customers. Um, Winton is an older populated town and every day it was it was a lot of the oldies ritual. They'll come down, have their morning tea at the bakery and they'd get their paper. And I just couldn't just say no. If I, I knew I had an option to, to do what we're doing, um, if they said no option at all, I'd just let it go. But um, we're trying to, to still get the papers and four days a week is better than none. When we interviewed in Charters Towers a few months back, they were in the process of trying to bring a community newspaper oh, that yeah. celebrates all of the positivity. But the biggest thing that we found through those conversations, what they missed was in the local paper, the, the funeral notices, because again, it was an aging population in mm. that community. Because the demographic, they aren't on social media That's or right. they aren't on Facebook. And their central point of information was the news. Mm. And there's nothing like holding a paper, like there's nothing like holding it in your hand and having a read um, for these old people, they or older populated people. Um, they, they can pick it up and they can read it now and then they can come back later. Um, a lot of these, um, my customers don't even have a phone. They, they still, um, and yeah, they're the ones that want to buy the paper and are happy to pay the surcharge. So that's good that we can still meet their needs with that. Um so, yeah, the, the shop's gone from a mainstream news agent to everything. <laughs> um, we just found – it was a lot of um, customer demand. So we've got the bakery two doors down um, and they close at 1 o'clock. Locals know but a lot of travellers just want something quick to eat and they don't want to wait. So we found within the first 12 months – the amount of people for food was ridiculous. So we just looked into it and didn't need a food licence for hot pies, sausage rolls, pasties, sandwiches because they all come pre-packed. Um, so we do sell pretty much every day we'll sell some food um, and that was just purely, it wasn't a revenue thing, it was just um, trying to meet customers' needs. So that was another extension onto the shop. Um, I'm still trying to convince Dave about a little coffee bar at the front. He keeps saying no, but he'd probably be really good at making coffee, I think. It, we don't drink coffee, but he'll learn because um, we do open seven days a week and a lot of places on a Sunday close and we do get a lot of trade on a Sunday. Which leads me into the other thing about um, wanting to be in the shop 10 years, doing seven days a week. It's can be quite tiring after a while and that's another thing why I think oh, going into coffee, we are tied down to seven days a week. Um, but we did. But being the business owner, you got the call to whenever you want to. Yeah. Yeah, look, well, we, we're not a um, franchise of any such, so mm. we're unbranded. So if we want to do whatever we want, we can, which mm. I don't think we'll ever go down the path of being any sort of branded um, news agent because I want that flexibility um, of doing whatever we want to do. Um, I often think, and it's still always in the back of my mind when 
I said to Dad years ago, I want to buy the newsagent. No, no money in, in papers. And I still think about it now and think, I wonder what he thinks. <laughs> that bloody kid's bought it. When I was in your shop before, um, I noticed the story on the wall about your dad. Yes. And he holds a record for the longest road, road train, train. Yes. driving. That was in, Tell me about that. That was in 1995. Um, and we, my parents own cattle um, transport business and he obviously decided that, hey, let's do this. So he borrowed a lot of trailers, cattle trailers and stuff from his friends in the area and they started out in the Bullier Road at whatever godly hour and it took them like two days or something to hook it all up and get the compressors for the brakes and and did it all. And he comes through the main street. I remember I was only a kid, coming through the main street, no such thing as health and safety, no barricades, nothing, and he just come cruising through the street with 34 trailers on. And he went down the main street and the picture is of him going around the corner, which is down the other end of the street. Um, every day someone talks about it because it's hanging up in the shop. How, how did he get around the corner? And I said, well, that's where he had to stop because as you're turning, the, the um, trailer cuts in a little bit every time and he got to the stage, I think it's about eight or ten trailers in, he's nearly touching the gutter on the opposite side and he stopped there and then they unhooked it all. And So, um, yeah, he, he was very good... Um, Good person at, at having the guts to do stuff like that. Um, he he was put in a road train or a truck at 13 years of age. Yeah, and used to drive. Yeah, loved it. So I think he started doing that, mucking around with machinery for a little bit and then got into the driving. Um, and then I think in his 20s he started managing for this MacIver Transport, um, which was based in Winton and there was a – it was – like equivalent to Road Trains of Australia. They had depots everywhere um, and they just had managers. And then one day I think he just decided, bugger this, you know, working all these hours for someone else, let's go out on our own. So um, mum and dad bought a truck and um, first one was a water truck on the council um, and then the next, and then it evolved from there. So um, mum and dad had at the biggest was seven um, road trains of cattle and I think at the biggest we had about 16 people employed. So um, we we did that for 14 years. He built that up to quite a big, big business. Um, he always wanted to, he always had cattle on Gisman and stuff. So then mum and dad bought a property about 14 years ago, just south of town here. So that was um, another thing added to his jobs to do. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he loved um, working. He was a good worker and I think I've got a little bit of that. You know, Dad worked very, very hard. He was a very good businessman. Um, he he built. He was one of six, and his family had pretty much. His father was a shearer, and um, they didn't have anything. Um, and what Dad has left behind, um, you know, it it just it's hard because he built all this up for what? Like he's not even here to appreciate it. Um, yes, we were touched by suicide, unfortunately. Um, it's one of them things, I suppose, you don't understand, you, you don't know what it's like unless you're in that mind frame. Mm. Um, my uncle still talks about, you know, I can't understand why and the only way I can explain to him is we can't understand why because we're healthy-minded. We're not in that deep, dark hole. We, we don't know what it's like. We don't know what they're thinking about. We don't, you know, you, we, we can't understand because we aren't in that situation and I hope that no one has to be in that situation but unfortunately that's just 
part of life sometimes. Mm. Um, Dad had some underlying issues, um, which is, you know, you look back on it and you just think, you know, we could have easily have helped in, 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 in you know, different number of different ways. Um, but I, I, I suppose for some people when they've made up their mind, there's no stopping them. Um, I just think that um, Dad is, is happier now and that's um, what, what, how I um, get through my, you know, low times and stuff is just think oh, I hope now that, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's happier and um, he's missing out on a lot. Um, yeah. I, I just hope that, yeah, he's happier and, um, and that he's no longer in pain because it was obviously for someone to, to go and, and to take their own life they obviously you know, are in a lot of pain in, in some sense. Um, and I suppose it's family but you wish that you could, you know, we all wish that we could take that pain away from them and that we could support them in some way. Mm. Um, but what support they need, you just don't know. Mm. And that's the hard part about how do, you, how do you support someone in that space and how do we do it? And I suppose we only get to know that by talking about it. Yes, that's right. And and bringing it to the light and, mm. and being comfortable talking about mental health and and mental well-being and how important it is. And for men too, like it that's no secret that men find it really hard to talk about their mental well-being or that they're not okay. Yep. But you hope I'd like to hope with all that farmers have been through and gone through that it's okay to talk, talk, you yeah. need to talk. There's such a big stigma. Yeah, yeah, there is. Big stigma about, you know, men are supposed to be tough and not supposed to show their emotions and, you know, they're supposed to be the breadwinner and and that's probably where a lot of people have come unstuck is because that stigma, yep. you know, I can't, they can't, they feel like they can't um, admit that, you know, they're not coping. Yeah. Did your dad ever um, talk about that he wasn't coping prior um, yeah, he did um, talk about stuff. Um, I think he was quite an undiagnosed um, with depression, I think, and it's really hard with how the system works. Like we can um, say, oh, look, I think my dad needs help, you know, I think he's depressed or whatever, but unless they admit and want to accept the help, there's nothing much you can really do. Yeah, it's, it's um, really it's hard after he passed Um Working for 14 years for my parents, I um, we pretty much um, had the understanding that Dad always said, you worry about what's happened on the inside and I'll worry about what's happened on the outside. So we actually only had probably about f- maybe four little Barneys. Um, apart from that, we didn't really fight a great deal. Um, we just had that understanding that I did my paperwork and he did outside and we were fine. Um, and then after he passed, I did another 12 months of running the business with all our staff, and then it got to the stage where it was just getting out of control. Not the workload, um, not – it was just hard managing people. I just – Especially while you're grieving. Yeah. Well, I didn't – to be honest, I don't think I had a chance to grieve. I just – people still say to me today about it, I said, well, I just had two options. I either go to the corner and cry and say, poor me, why me, um, and throw everything away, or – suck it up, pull up big girl knickers and just keep going because I've, you know, at the time I only had one child, she needs a mother. You know, these all these workers that worked for us still need their livelihood. They still had bills to pay. They, You know, we couldn't just shut the gate and say, um, can't do this. 
we just had to keep going. Then we still operated for 12 months um, and then um, I had a, um, a conversation with one of the um, other transport companies and I just happened to say, oh, do you want to buy a truck? <laughs> and so that's where it started and then um, we sold out to them, which was really big relief. So... Um, were staff all able to, to go over? Yep, so we, we really looked after everybody. They had the option if they wanted to stay, they could continue on with Curly's. Um, but we downsized the cattle first and the depot where they all were and we still had the water trucks going. So um, we did – so we had only one go across to Curly's, two got two new jobs and the rest stayed on and did the water trucks and our other stuff that we had at the time. Um, the biggest relief was selling the cattle off, cattle trucks. That was the um, the long hours of the business because the trucks are going, you know, day, night. Um, it was never-ending in that side of it. I could never not answer the phone because, um, you know, that one phone call could mean that one of our drivers has had an accident or something. So um, it would be whenever you want to have dinner, you sit down and have dinner, the phone would ring. It would be, you know, jobs coming in and stuff. So I had to adjust to the quietness of not having that after we sold the cattle trucks. Um, and then we did another eight or nine months or something with the water trucks and stuff. So um, all my siblings got a, got an option of what, you know, did you want to buy anything? We never bought anything um, from mum. We couldn't at the stage because we had the news agent. So November 2018, we bought the news agency. Um, the sale of grants went through in January 2019 and I had Ava in April 2019. <laughs> it was such a big – I think about it now, I'm like, these last three years have just been a whirlwind. It's been so crazy with what has happened, buying and selling a business, having a baby, and then we've just done all this renovation and it's only three years and I think, wow, like what have we done? <laughs> and now I find it hard when it's – there's a lull and it's quiet and I think, what am I doing? What I've got to, should be doing something. Why am I having a day off? There's things that can be done. There's always something to be done. My um, head doesn't stop. My head doesn't. 2 a.m. in the morning is the best time? Mine's, yeah, when I wake up to go to the toilet and yeah. then I lie there and I think of all these things and I'm like, go to sleep. It's too early. <laughs> go yeah. to sleep. If it was 4 o'clock, I'd stay up, but not at 1 o'clock. It's probably a gift actually. Yeah. Um, I know my dad, he had trouble sleeping. He um, His brain must have just went 100 mile an hour all the time because he was always um, thinking about, you know, what he could do next. Just And it was worse when he was driving the trucks. He'd, he, he'd ring up and he'd be so I've been thinking and you're like, get out of the truck because every time you're in the truck, you've been thinking because we're always on the go, me and dad, when you do have that chance to sit down and you have to sit down, um, you think about all this stuff. Well, you're not just driving. Yeah, you're driving and thinking and processing. happened to me the other day. I had to go to the dentist in Longreach. So I drove to Longreach myself. I had lunch by myself. I had no children. I had nothing but a doctor's a dentist appointment and uh, it was so great to just have me time. But the whole way in the car I was thinking about everything, thinking about festival coming up. Oh, we need to do this, need to do that. And I come up with all these ideas, get to Longreach, get on the phone. Okay, so, so um, Dave... <laughs> I need you to measure this because we need to put some bunting up because one side of the back where the tin shed is and stuff has got no fence where we're going to put a fence up when we order it. So I had it all organised in my head on the drive to Longreach in the hour and a half. I had done everything I needed to do and I thought maybe I need to um, – so another side of our business, um, we have a mail contract. So Dave does that two days a week um, 
and he goes, it's a 600K round trip that he does twice a week. I haven't been on it yet because I'm always work generally in the shop. Um, so I need to probably every couple of weeks go on the mail run because then I'll have all these butte brainwaves and go. And then he will stop you very yes, quick. <laughs> I know. He'll be thinking more work for me because generally I come up with the idea and say, okay, Dave, I want to do this, see what you can do. And if it can't look exactly like that, the best you can do. So the latest is a windmill um, wheel on the back wall. That windmill, we've carted that windmill around for about four years now and I've wanted to put it somewhere. Another day I said, come on, I want to finish this part off. Um, the wall's blank, I need it done. So he gets the windmill um, wheel and he's doing all the sales and everything. And he come, come over and have a look, please. Okay, because he's always got to get permission off me to make sure it's right because God forbid if he does it wrong, he'll know about it. And he said, oh, we can't have it like this. And I said, look, that's great, that's perfect. So um, the windmill's up and then I just noticed um, this morning, I don't know when it turned up, there's the the tail end of it. So that's going to go on the other side now to make it look like nearly a complete windmill. Because ironically, Dave's family, windmill repairers, which is a dying art, um, everyone's going solar and, um, and pumps and stuff. Um, but another sad part, um, Dave's dad also committed suicide only two years ago. Oh, wow. So I have been through um, another helping, another downsize of, of business and stuff. So Dave's mum's um, just wound down her windmill business and have sold on a lot of her stuff. Mm. Um, so it's pretty fitting that we put the windmill at the shop that's part of Dave's family history um, and inside we've got Dad's big picture and stuff um, of the truck. So both our um, parents and fathers are with us in, in the shop. So it's um, that shop has got two very good people there looking over it, um, hopefully keeping us in the right direction of where we're going because, um, you know, you, you, you can either, you know, cry and and, and – just be miserable and, and depressed in, in what's happened in your life or turn into a positive and keep going and I, that's what we do, you know. Mm. I just I can't say I don't think about it. I Like it's there, you know, my my father and, and my um, father-in-law, what's happened. Um, but I just, yeah, hope that they're really proud of what we're doing. Um, I think there's no doubt in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I do secretly think that they're um, having something a part of of our success, yeah, no. So um, that, that's pretty much my story. Oh, I do need to, um, you know, it's not all about my dad and, and that sad side of things but my mum's. I wanted to ask that too. Bloody How's tough woman, tough, tough woman. Like we have um, haven't had it an easy trot. We had a house fire when, oh, was that 95, 96 or something and we lost most of, we, we, we've lost most of stuff but we did get to, to salvage some photos of when we were kid, kids and stuff um, and just... You know, having a business sometimes, success, it's great, but sometimes it can be, um, you know, an evil in a way. Um, Dad's business is always, it's been a good business. We never had any sort of any constraints anywhere, but sometimes, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Um, you know, it, a lot of stress was Dad's problem too, I think. The bigger you get, the more stressful it is. Correct. Yeah. Um, so mum had, to, she had to live with a lot of that sort of stress and stuff as well. Um but no, I'm very close with my mum. Um, I'm very much like my mother, even though my father's probably left his mark on me. Um, yeah, no, mum's, she's, 
You know how they say glue holds everyone together? That's her. She's, um, yeah. She is, yeah. But, yeah, I do wonder, you know, it must be hard for her. Um, just, you know, the loneliness would be would be so hard. Um, even Dave's mum. Um, but, you know, life's too short. They, they're making the most of it while they can, I think. Um, but, yeah. you know, you can't just... I said the same thing to Dave's mum. You can either go in the corner and, and cry and say, why me? Or just... Pick yourself up and, and keep just going. keep going. You know, you've got lots to live for. So, um, mm. yeah, it can't be easy for them. No. Can't be at be. all. There's a whole um, process to go through. And it takes the, a long time. Yeah. Yes, anyway. Melanie, thank you for being brave. Oh, thanks. <laughs> brave is jointly funded by the Commonwealth and Queensland governments under the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. This podcast is produced by Damien Lawarden.